Hello and welcome to another episode of One to Watch here on Get Football Plus, where we aim to look that little bit closer at some of football's up-and-coming talents. My name is Alfred, I'm your host for today, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kish. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you, bro. Um, as you can probably hear, I'm still a little bit ill, as I said last week, can't really shake it. Um, but hopefully, on the, on the men now, what about you? Yeah, I'm I'm just getting past uh, the, my cold from last week, so... Hopefully the sound quality will be a, a bit better and uh, keep on getting better from, from then. Um, so yeah, today we're going to be continuing on our little battle theme that we, we started last week with the left-back um, battle between Patrick Dorgu and Valentin Barco. If you haven't listened to that, don't hesitate to go check that out after this episode. But so today we're switching up positions and heading to the striker market, which we did touch on on a previous episode so loads of promising young strikers coming through, obviously, as there always is. I'm currently watching the Under-17 World Cup at the moment, and I'm sure anyone else who has been watching it has uh, knows about Mali's striker uh, Mamadou Dumbia, who scored a hat-trick in the opening game against uh, Uzbekistan. Uh, have you been watching the, the U-17 World Cup? Yeah, I've watched. I've watched a little bit of it. Um, there's some. There's some amazing talents, man. Um, yeah, I've. 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 I've got my eye on a few, mainly number tens, to be honest. But um, yeah, I saw. I saw that that hat trick. That was one of the the opening games. I'm not sure which which one, but um, yeah. And then there's the, there's also the Mark Gu from Spain. Uh, Gu. Yeah. Um, he looks very good as well as a, as another nine. Um, so yeah, that there's definitely some 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 good players um, and one ones to definitely watch. Yeah, yeah. So a, a, as you said, loads of loads of good players. But um, Mamadou Dumbia is, won't be my my pick for today because obviously we're trying to cover players we've seen a lot of, um, and he isn't one of them. But I'll, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on on the the young Malian and, and a few other players that I've been uh, pretty impressed by so far. Well, yeah, so before we do move on to picking our two players, um, Kish, do you want to quickly talk us through the maybe the different types of strikers that are being used in today's game? Yes, I think for a while we we kind of saw the, the disappearance of the pure number nine, uh, classic nine that, we, that we've kind of grown up with or that was, was very prominent in the throughout, throughout football, really. Um, up until kind of the 2010s, where we we saw a lot more false nines, especially with the rise of Pep, um, where he was very reluctant to use out and out strikers because I think he felt they didn't offer enough all round, and he he felt he could get more out of a player who comes deep and and, and doesn't just kind of stay in and around the penalty box. But as football's now evolved again, we've we've seen kind of that that reemergence of of the pure nine and the and the, and the the person who's just kind of on the end of things and, and main job is to score goals. And Pep's been a huge kind of advocate for that with, with the signing of Erling Haaland, who in my eyes doesn't do much in build-up. He's okay in build-up, but what he really thrives in is is getting on the end of things and, and creating space for others by by just constantly making runs and, and, and being a nuisance in the penalty box. Um, so yeah, I think that there's still a, there's still a want for, for those kind of link strikers and those ones who drop deep but there's also now space for pure strikers and, and, and proper goal scorers too um, so it's nice to see a bit more of a, of a range again 
Yeah, I think, as you mentioned, Pep kind of came full circle on that one. Um, yeah, opting for false nines of the past to just, yeah, as you mentioned, participate more in build-up. And uh, now he's playing Erling Haaland, who is pure, pure poacher um, of a striker. Even though in the game against Chelsea, um, uh, the, the four, four um, draw against Chelsea the other day, um, Haaland actually had a really good game in terms of build-up, I, I, I felt. So maybe he's progressing on, on that aspect as well, which will make him even more of a machine um, than he already is. Um, but yeah, so so talking about the striker that you've picked for today, what role would you say that he suits and maybe you can present him as well? So yeah, the player I've been, I've been kind of looking at... Um, not just for the podcast, but kind of watching closely this this season. And he's been just so good to watch in terms of all-round play. He's more of a link striker, I guess. Um, that's Joshua Zerxi, um, who has kind of been around the block a little bit in terms of loan spells, but also permanent. So he came through at um, ADO Haag, which is the team in, in Holland, as he's Dutch. Um, but then transferred quite early on around, I think, 16 to Feyenoord. Once at Feyenoord, I think he was he was very highly rated, and 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 Bayern picked him up, um, where he kind of bounced around between the the first team bench and the, and the youth teams. Um, he was still a big kind of prospect at that time. Um, then had a loan spell at Parma, which was cut short due to a serious injury, and then was at Anderlecht, where he kind of started to show real development. Um, wasn't a, a a, an amazing loan spell, but it was very solid, um, decent goal return. Um, but where he's really started to shine now is is at Bologna. So he he's now transferred permanently to Bologna, I believe. Um, and he's he's been one of the best players in Serie A this season. Um, yeah, he's 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 a very very technical, uh, elegant striker. What what are your what are your sort of thoughts on him? Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing first hearing about Xerxy back when he was at Bayern. Um, and he was, yeah, as you mentioned, kind of moving from the academy to the first team. And I do remember him scoring quite a few goals. Uh, I think he had a really good goal return per 90, unless I'm mistaken with someone else, but I believe it was him. And yeah, he was kind of having a similar output to what uh, Matisse Tell is having now, even though in terms of play style, not, not really the same type of player, but I do remember him scoring a lot of goals off of the um, out, out off the bench, um, and so yeah, I was kind of surprised when he didn't stay there long term, uh, even though he yeah he was performing, and I feel like now that he's developed um, into because at the time maybe he was a teenager, but now that he's developed into a more um, complete striker, I guess. Um, I feel like the, the player he resembles the most is Harry Kane, so it's kind of um, funny to, to know that uh, instead of spending so much money on Harry Kane last summer, Bayern just could have opted for a player they already had, but I guess it's how it goes. Yeah, I completely agree. I was going to make that comparison myself. Um, in terms of the way they, they kind of move are, are very different, but they're their kind of profile is very similar in terms of what they can actually do. So dropping deep, um, 
their touch, both of their touches, of course we know of Harry Kane, but Xerxes' touch is, is, is always just perfect. It's just so tight to his body, which allows that second touch to be perfect. So he's receiving it with someone kind of tight behind him. He'll, he'll be able to hold them off because the ball's nice and close, with, um, close to his kind of proximity. But then also, if, if he's got space behind him to turn, his, his first touch will be into space. And, and, and he kind of, once he gets into his stride, he really like covers ground because he's, he's, he's super tall. He's got long legs, so those strides are, are massive. Um, he also sort of reminds me a little bit of Isak at uh, Newcastle just because of this kind of elegance and, and build of them, both quite tall and slim. Um, good dribblers despite being very tall. Um, but yeah, yeah. What I what I was thinking as well before you mentioned Isaac was that considering how tall he is, um, I was going to ask if that affected his ball carrying and and movement in general. But as you compared him to Isaac, I feel like that's exactly what I wanted to hear. That he he was that that elegant type of 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 striker. You're not expecting him to put, have some super quick dribbling or nimble feet or 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 just uh like impressive acceleration for example um but yeah that that type of striker is definitely such a joy to watch able to get past players purely off technical prowess i guess so is that is that how he how he is yeah i'd say completely like that's that's how i kind of meant he was he's quite different to kane because obviously kane drops deep but he he uses his kind of physicality to turn and kind of his his tactical IQ and, and football IQ to turn. So he knows where the opponent is. He kind of puts himself between the ball and the opponent and then he, he just makes the right decision. So he'll he'll kind of use the momentum that he that he's kind of facing and then and, and run with the ball that way. But Xerxes is more like technical in his turns, so he'll He'll receive it and then do a little body fade and then leave a leave a kind of midfielder or defender um, behind or or he loves a nutmeg in the middle of the pitch so he'll like fake he'll go to shape up to pass it and then knock it through someone's legs um, stuff like that he's very he's very good to watch just because of his like sort of flair in, the, in in even in those crowded areas where a striker comes deep and he's kind of might have a centre back behind him and a midfielder like an opposition defensive midfielder in front of him he's. He's very like nimble in, in getting out of those situations. Yeah, so I, I feel like that's quite surprising actually that he is in the Serie A because I, I feel like that's maybe the last league I'd expect that type of player to be, be to be playing in. Um, maybe maybe his future would be more towards the the Bundesliga or or even the Premier League. Uh, are there are there any talks of I mean, I, I think he joined Bologna only last summer, right? Yeah, yeah, last summer, yeah. Are, are there any, well, maybe before he joined Bologna, were there any talks of maybe bigger clubs, with the, all due respect to Bologna, maybe bigger clubs that were looking at him? Uh, not, that I, not that I know of. Um, not that I, saw, I saw a lot of people kind of calling for Spurs to go and get him because not that there, there was actual legit links but Spurs to go and get him because of that comparison to Kane um, because one thing I haven't really mentioned yet he's also very creative with his passing so he'll turn and kind of spray a pass out to a winger or, or slide a pass through for a, for a winger in, in, in behind the back line so it was kind of those 
those people kind of wanting to recreate a partnership with the likes of Son or Kulosevsky, where he kind of drops in and, and, and creates. But one 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 team I think would, would really suit him is is it depends on what, what Liverpool are trying to do in the in the future. But you know, like that Firmino role that that, that they thrived with so well. Um, and if I guess if yeah. Owen's futures on the left or whether that's him or Diaz and then Salah on the right, I think Xerxes would would create a really nice dynamic in, in that front three. Um sort of as they tried to do with Hakpo last last um season, which hasn't really worked as well this season with him kind of dropping in and and creating space and, and, and chances for others. Um, so that'd be a that'd be a nice link. I think I'd like to see him see out the season. But he's been he's been very, very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um and and also um I feel like he can also be vital to the up and coming Dutch um na- national team generation as well. Um because maybe well they have been lacking that that Dutch side um with with so much talent kind of in our, in and around the attack they have kind of been lacking that striker i guess um to actually complete that that setup i think in the past few international competitions we've, we've kind of been disappointed unfortunately with how the um, the dutch team dutch team has played and performed concerning how good of players they had um specifically with uh club performances from Ajax, Feyenoord, uh, AZ recently as well. I feel like the Dutch club football is is evolving and progressing uh, every year. And uh, I feel like it's one of those cases where the, the national team is kind of a few steps behind. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it's, it's kind of been talent. There's some elite talent, but it's sort of scattered. It's not, it's not consistent throughout the team. And I think the nine position has been one that that they're very not used to having an issue with because if you look at the past, Dutch strikers have been kind of inevitable. You've got Van Basten, Kluivert, uh, Van Persie, Van Nistelrooy, kind of just just great, great strikers throughout throughout the time. Um, and now sort of Weghorst and and Luke de Jong, they're, they're fine, but they're not the, that elite level that, that Holland are used to. Um, so I guess... Yeah, he he's he he's definitely one to to look out for on the international stage, and they've also got a few few other young Dutch strikers that are coming through, like sort of Van Dooyven, um, Julian Rijkov, um, Sky Vink at Ajax as well. Um, so they're all really good prospects. So it, 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 the future in terms of Dutch nines looks like it's bright again, um, and Xerxes is definitely one of the main the main reasons for that. Yeah, he he definitely corresponds to that Cruyff, Cruyffian idea of total football and just players being able to switch positions and just ba- basically cover any um, any hole or any gap that's been left by another player who's pushing up the pitch or playing in another position. So I feel like Zerk- Xerxes with his um, creative capabilities um, is definitely would definitely be able to maybe... Um, push out onto the wing at sometimes come back deeper um to to play to play his teammates through so yeah ba- basically the the perfect dutch striker for a few few tenths of years back in time so yeah i'm quite excited to to see him um perform with that with the national team has he has he got a, a cap yet or i'm not sure 
Don't believe so. He should have been called up this time, maybe actually. Let me just have a look. Um, but he, he's he's definitely one that would that will, especially with the lack of kind of um, options they've had there, and and I guess yeah, in terms of of strikers and and what what Cruyff looked for in a striker, um, it was definitely someone who himself demonstrated that they could come and link play and not kind of be be stuck in 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 and around the penalty area, um, but. But yeah, I think I think his future is definitely that's definitely massive for the for the international side. I can't find the latest squad, but um, he should definitely be in it as he's he's been very very good. Yeah, I think he's been playing with the under twenty ones for for a few few international breaks. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely be called up in the in the next few um, lists. But um, maybe now we can move on to uh, my player who is. Uh, part of a very exciting uh, Nigerian generation of strikers. I'm sure we've we've all we've all been made aware of, uh, which kind of started, I want to say, with the very quick emergence of Victor Osimhen with Napoli, um, and was kind of followed by the likes of uh, Terry Mofi playing at OGC Nice now. Um, Victor Boniface, who's having a very impressive season under. Xabi Alonso at Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, also, Emmanuel Gift Orban, who's playing at um, Ghent in, in the Jupiler Pro League, who's kind of the Mr. Europa or Mr. Conference League, not always performing in the Belgian division, but as soon as he gets, he hears that European music, he, he starts bagging goals. Also, a guy called um, Ume Emmanuel, who I, I found out about quite recently, who's playing in the top flight. Um, Bulgarian football at Botev Plovdiv um, and who's having a, a kind of a breakout season there so I'm sure we'll, we'll hear a lot about him soon as well though I haven't had the chance to watch that many games considering the, the league he's playing in but yeah so a very promising crop of Nigerian strikers and I feel like this guy I'm going to be talking about is maybe in that in that top three maybe behind Asimin battling it out with um with uh, Boniface and Mofi. It's uh Accor Adams who's playing at Montpellier in uh, Ligue 1. He's uh, 23 years old. Um he's 1 meter 90, 92 ki- uh, kilos. So, yeah, a very athletic profile indeed. Uh, one that I'm very fond of. So, yeah, Adams came through um the Jamba Football Academy in Nigeria before he was scouted by Sogndal IL. I'm sure I've butchered that name, but yeah. Um, in 2018, scouted by them, which is a club um, that's been playing for the, the past few years, I want to say, or, or even longer, in the second tier of Norwegian football. Uh, I know that Scandinavian clubs are very keen on scouting African players in general, uh, Emmanuel Gift Orban, for example, was scouted by um, Stabæk Football, so also a Norwe- Norwegian team which was playing in the second division at the time. They've moved up to the first division since then. But yeah, Adams had a, a quite long spell at uh, Sognendal. <laughs> I'll call them Sog Sogn by uh, from, from now. Um, 
yeah, he played three seasons there and had a, had a bit of a slow start before he started performing very well in the last season with 10 goals and five assists in the 2021 season. Off the back of which he joined uh, Lillstrom SK, who is which is also a, a Norwegian club playing in the first division this time. Um, and there he hit the ground running, scoring lots of goals and ending his spell there on 15 goals in 15 games. So yeah, very spectacular numbers. And at that point, I personally already heard of him from just being on social media and reading articles here and there. And so I was quite surprised this summer concerning his goal, sc- goal scoring prowess uh, that he was picked up by Montpellier for only 4.5 million euros. So quite a low fee in today's market, I feel like. But I think that's also due to the league he was playing in and the, and his uh, nationality as well, unfortunately. So I guess that was the sort of replacement for Eli Wahi um, because he's one who broke out at Montpellier last season, I believe, and is a, is a big talent as well. So it's kind of big boots to, big boots to fill. Sorry. Um, and they must have made a lot of profit on Wahi, who then replacement only cost four and a half million. So it's kind of seems like quite decent business, um, especially with some of the allegations that Wahi's been facing, allegedly. Um, so, so that's... Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, so, so it sounds, sounds like a good sort of trade-off they had there. Yeah, I, I feel like Montpellier have had quite a knack for setting up strikers in the past few seasons, actually. Um, as you mentioned, Wahi had a very good season last last year uh and yeah i feel like they somehow always come up with a striker striker partnership which just seems to work perfectly uh so last year wahi was linking up with uh, steve mavididi who they had signed from juventus i believe and they were they were forming a very good partnership playing in front of um, teji savanier kind of orchestrating the the plays uh, before that, they had uh, Andy Delors, the now Algerian international, and um, Gaëtan Laborde, who they had signed from Bordeaux, uh, who's now playing at, at Rennes. Um, uh, not at Rennes, at Nice. Uh, he signed to Rennes, and then he signed to Nice. And yeah, uh, they 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 were linking up well as well. And so this, this season, they signed Accor Adams, and they also signed... Uh, a Jordan international called Musa Al Tamari, who's had a great start to the season as well, and yeah, once again Montpellier have gotten themselves a, a very exciting and very good um, strike partnership who who will probably allow them to get their the regular like mid table finish, maybe push for some of the European spots. Though I, I don't think they've started um, as well as they could have, but yeah. Um, and so Akor Adams um, has seven goals in the first 11 games of the season, uh, playing up top of Michel Derzakarian's uh, 4-2-3-1 setup. Um, so yeah, in terms of his play style, he's a very athletic striker, as I mentioned, with an um, explosive burst of pace on him. He's, he's very quick, and that allows him to make a lot of differences, uh, making runs in and behind the defense, um, towards the final third, he, he he often gets the better of his opposition in duels due to that physicality and, and just pure pace. Um, though I think his best quality 
most valuable quality at least is his positioning and spatial awareness he 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 often uh gets in very interesting positions where he can receive the ball in the final third be it a bit deep be it on the on the wing or be it um in and behind with through balls he just has that eye for making the run and getting into um positions where he can use um first of all his great finishing because that's his other great quality. I think having good fi- good finishing and good positioning is kind of um, the best combination possible for uh, for strikers. Yeah, so I guess it's always different playing in the front two, isn't it? So with some front twos, you have kind of a, a one player that's going to drop deeper and one who's going to be kind of on the last man. Or some front twos, you have sort of, they rotate, so they kind of, one will drop deep, the other will go, and then the other one will drop deep, and then the other one will go. So, sort of, how does that that dynamic work between that front two? Yeah, yeah. So, Akor Adams actually, the, it's not, it's not really a front two. He, he's playing up top uh, as a pure as a low nine, but Altamari is on the right, but he, he kind of comes into those central areas quite often. Uh, he's more of a of a ball carrier, while Akor Adams is more of a a space attacker, I guess he he likes to attack the space and make runs, um, and so yeah, they they do combine quite well. Um, Altamari and and Teji Savania, as I mentioned, more in, on the creative side side of things. While Akro Adams is, I mean, he, he he can create as well, but he he he's more on the finishing side of things. But yeah, when to answer your question, when when Altamari comes into the middle, Akro Adam Adams often. Um, kind of shifts to the left and there he can use his um, great dribbling ability as well um, because on top of being a great poacher and just a, a great striker in general um, he's also a, a very good dribbler has has very uh, nimble feet and um, that allows him when he isn't receiving the ball in um, behind the defenders and just has to, to finish the chance that also allows him to to create his own chances so he has uh, i think around 0. 0.4 um ch- uh, shot creating take-ons per 90 which was ranking him in around the top 10 percent in league 1 and combining that with his great finishing he has 0. 0.2 goal creating take-ons per 90 and that ranks him top four uh, percent in Liga. So yeah, on top of just being that that pure nine who's, who's making runs and 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 scoring goals, he also is able to create chances on his own as well. And are those like shot creating runs and, and goal goal creating runs um, in comparison to all players or just strikers in Liga? Yeah, it's it's in comparison to uh, strikers in league. So yeah, I guess it makes it even more makes the number even more impressive. Um, considering he's 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 ranking up against the the best strikers in league. Um, he's he's good in the air as well, though he could be better in that aspect. I think a few areas of improvement um, would be maybe his offside awareness as well. He's very keen on making those runs, um, and sometimes he's just maybe too quick for his direct opposition. Uh, both start running, but Adams is already behind a few 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 meters ahead, so 
um, if the if the pass isn't timed just right, he sometimes gets um, cut out, outside. Um, he can also improve on uh, his particip- participation in play and his team's buildup, though I feel like that's not what you're expecting from a player of his role. But um, yeah, I can, al- can, al- can always improve on something, so I feel like that's what he could also be be working on. Yeah, and I say I guess like what what sort of next step in the career do you, do you kind of vision for him in the next couple of years? How how high do you think his ceiling is, and and also kind of yeah, is is he is he kind of only suited to that kind of runner in behind striker, or could he play in another sort of system slash role? Um, yeah. Um. Yeah, I was I was going to touch on that, but um, he so he yeah just recently signed for Montpellier, but as we saw with Wahi, I don't think Montpellier will be hesitating to let him go if the right amount is is offered. So I don't think he'll be staring there for staying there for long. To be honest, considering how good a start to the season he's had. Where to next? Um, I I was thinking. I mean, when I'm thinking about strikers, I feel like. Every every agent would would want their client to to move to the Bundesliga just because it's k- kind of the the striker haven there, just a lot of space, a lot of transitional play, and so um, yeah, strikers just regularly bagging a lot of goals, even when they're not necessarily the best player at that, at that position. Um, I'm thinking of a uh, Serhu Kirasi specifically, who's had uh, a very good start to the season. At, um, Stuttgart, but um, yeah, I, I remember him playing in, in Liga, and though he, he is a, a good striker, um, I, I never thought he was good to the point that he'd be leading goal scorer in, in Bundesliga at t- 10 or 12 game weeks in. So, um, yeah, kind of kind of illustrates well um, the type of opportunities that strikers can have in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, if, if I was his agent, I'd definitely be looking at sending him to a Bundesliga club, um, preferably one that's playing in the European competitions. Um, I was thinking, actually, uh, Dortmund because he's still he's still quite young, um, at twenty three years old. Uh, we know Dortmund like to develop players and then sell them on for for monstrous fees. And I feel like, uh, although Haller has 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 had some some good spells with with Dortmund. I don't feel like he's been as good as people were expecting him to be when he, he came off the, came off that um, very impressive season with uh, Ajax. And so, not saying that he would directly replace Haller, but I feel like Adams. And I, also answering your other question about him being able to play in a in a different role, I feel like Adams in a front two. Bouncing off of that tall striker could maybe be even better because his his link up play is very good, as I mentioned, linking up with uh, Altamaria Montpellier, and he he's also able to occupy that uh, eccentric space on the on the wing, um, on the left preferably to to be able to cut inside uh, on his right foot, and um, I feel like in 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 that front two that Dortmund could have with Haller or another club could have with another um target man type striker i feel like Akor Adams could definitely be that uh second goal threat um kind kind of playing off that that tall striker and also making runs in and behind 
I feel like it could be a good combination. Um, maybe the the other obvious obvious choice would be Napoli, just because his play style does resemble uh, Victor Simmons in in some areas, though he's he's maybe more of a ball carrier than Osimhen is. But yeah, I can't can't imagine Osimhen staying at Napoli another season, so could be an option as well that they might consider. But yeah, I I feel like one of those two or just one of the top Bundesliga clubs, Bayer Leverkusen as well. If Boniface does end up departing or even Eintracht Frankfurt, some of the, some of those clubs, I feel like he could fit in very well. And as a sort of like spectator, a neutral, kind of what what striker profile do you sort of prefer? Uh, is it that kind of Xerxy mode who like, likes to link play and drop deep and kind of maybe is more aesthetically pleasing for the purist um or is it the the killer strikers who who are kind of relentless in, in goal scoring and, and kind of testing their center backs constantly in terms of running and um what what do you prefer watching from your striker yeah so i think i mentioned this in, in a previous episode but um my 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 favorite type of striker doesn't necessarily link to his style of play just more links to his physicality i guess because yeah I, I, i'm just very impressed all the time when these big strikers uh, are able to pull off um some very impressive like dribbles or accelerations or just pure pure showings of strength um I, actually a bit off topic but i saw paul onuachu who's a uh, another Nigerian striker, actually, but who was playing at Southampton, I believe, a f- few seasons ago. Now playing in Turkey, I, I believe. I saw him score a-, a goal the other day. He's a he's a two meter, two point oh five meter tall striker or something. And after scoring the goal, I saw him just run up to to the corner flag and and pull off a backflip. <laughs> so, just this huge guy pulling off a backflip, and th- and that's kind of. The type of thing that I, I love in 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 striker profiles, those massive guys, be it by physicality or just by height, who are still like some elite athletes as well. And I feel like Akor Adams um, is amongst those profiles as well. He's he, as I mentioned, he's he's um, one meter ninety, so yeah, very tall and still just great on the ball, great at running out the defense. So yeah, just a joy to watch. Yeah, I think like me being. I'm probably around 2.03 meters and I will never dream of being able to do a backflip in my life. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird to think at this height you can be that athletic because because I don't possess that. Um, but yeah, those those strikers, I, I, I agree. I think my favorite type of, of striker is the sort of Xerxes mode. Um, someone who who offers offers their main kind of attributes in, in build-up, but then also can get on the end of things. And I think that's one thing Xerxes needs to add to his game a bit more. He's 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 good in front of goal, but he's not a killer yet. He's not like, a, as we've discussed before, kind of that Karim Benzema, great in build-up, but also became a real killer in front of goal um, and was clinical. And I think that's what I'd look to getting out of Xerxes in, in, the, in the next few years in terms of his development. Do you, do you think he could play in a in a deeper starting role, like not as actually as a striker, more as like um, a, a ten, as we see with um, 
Charles de, K de Quetillare, or don't know how that's pronounced either, but I think he's he's massive as well, and he's playing in that cam role. I think and just um, is very good at yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I think I can't I can't picture it because the way he plays is more like he receives it to feet back to goal and then is able to turn and the passes he gets off are kind of when he has space and time. And I think to play in that 10 position, you've got to be able to get passes off when you're kind of in tight areas and, and more pressured. And I yeah. don't know if he's nimble enough in terms of just build even really, like being able to manipulate the ball in, in those tight areas and, and kind of give give and goes and, you know, all the all the kind of premium number 10s are often a bit more agile, um, a bit more able to like squeeze out of tight areas and stuff like that. And I think he's good at that when he's got his back to goal and he has to turn one player, but he's not necessarily good at that when he's facing play and got to kind of see the picture and, 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 and create something. Um, so yeah, I, I see him as definitely more of the false nine type than a kind of converting to, to 10 type. I, actually, I'm thinking of it now. What I'm imagining is a, a, a striker partnership between Xerxes and Adams. What do you what do you think? Xerxes getting the ball back to goal, plays a quick through ball to Adams, who just bursts bursts through with pace and power and finishes a chance. I think that's a that's a that's a great way to kind of conclude our arguments because yeah, they're 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 very different strikers, but as we know, strike partnerships work best. I think when they're when they're they're opposite footballers. Um, I think Xerxes would love to play with a strike partner. I think, as we kind of saw from from Kane when he dropped deep, we'd have kind of you'd have Son running in behind, which which, Son, yeah. which made a big difference to his game. And I think he really enjoyed that. And I think Xerxes would love kind of a constant runner who he's able to pick out every time he turns. Um, so that would be a that would be a very formidable partnership. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'd love to see that if. I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure the the recruiters at Dortmund are listening to this. So, if if, <laughs> if, if you're if you're well inspired, definitely try and sign both Xerxes and and Akor Adams. Um, though I do like Haller as well. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to exclude him from the from the fun. But yeah, if if you if you are listening, just go for both of these and just trust us on this one. It will definitely work out. But yeah, I think we can wrap it up here i feel like that's a good conclusion to this um battle i guess not not really a battle just just more of a comparison uh, i feel like it's it's kind of hard to decide who is the best or who is the most suited to this and that when the two profiles are so different but yeah still very interesting to to discuss differences in in qualities and rooms to improve room to improve sorry for for these different profiles of positions and all of that but yeah we'll end it up here for today um as a reminder you can follow kish at rondo underscore reports on x you can also follow me alfred at driver underscore ice that's i-c-e-e -E, on x as well please also keep a lookout on our get football media outlets where we cover european football and world football news uh, with news, videos, opinions from some of those the most plugged-in analysts across the football landscape. You can see a link to our show notes to all our outlets. Please rate the podcast and give us a five-star review. And feel free to leave a comment on our socials too. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to the next one. Bye-bye.